Thank you for listening to this audio recording from the pastoral team at Church of the Redeemer, an Anglican church in Greensboro, North Carolina. If you'd like to know more about Church of the Redeemer, its ministry, or its mission, then visit us online at RedeemerGSO.org. Good evening, everyone. It's so good to see you tonight. I know we've got a lot of new faces around here, and if we have not met, I'm Melissa Lukowitz. I have the honor and privilege of being the youth ministry director here at Church of the Redeemer. Um, And I am extremely excited to be able to preach to you tonight on this beautiful, wonderful woman, the Virgin Mary, the mother of our Lord. Um, And we can learn so much from Mary. And okay, now that I've told you I'm our youth minister, you might also guess that this sermon's going to be a little bit interactive. Don't worry, not too interactive. I won't make you play any games. That's what people are always like, you don't have to play a game, right? No games tonight, but I do want a little bit of participation. Um, One of my favorite things that we do in our summers with our youth is we have Bible studies together um, with guys and girls in high school, and we come together and we read a passage, usually the, uh, the passage that was preached on that morning, that Sunday morning, and we wonder together about it, and we enter into the scripture together by wondering aloud. We read it, we listen to it, and then we say things like, I wonder... Blah, blah, blah. Whatever it is that you're wondering about from the passage. And so tonight, as we enter into hearing and learning from this amazing woman that we can learn so much from, I want us to just take a minute and do that together. To wonder aloud together in this passage. So I am going to read it aloud slowly again. And then let's wonder aloud together some of the thoughts that come to your mind. I love seeing and hearing what things people wonder. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud and the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promises he made to our ancestors to Abraham, and to his descendants forever. So church, what do you wonder about this passage? I wonder how long it had been since she had seen and heard the message from the angel Gabriel before she actually proclaimed this. What are some things that you wonder? You can say it aloud. If she felt blessed when she said, surely all generations will call me blessed. If she actually felt blessed. I wonder that too. I wonder about her expectations. She talks about the mind being cast down. Yeah, what did that look like to her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many years later we would still be reading that passage? Like 
thousand plus years is a long time. I wonder if she realized had any inkling of that. Yeah. That it would be a part of our daily liturgy in the Book of Common Prayer, our daily evening prayer. Yeah. repeated this to herself often. I wonder if um, it's a lot of proclaiming how good God is and what he's going to do and the power structures, but I, also, I wonder if she had a foretaste of what the Old Testament prophesied of what would happen to her son. Mm -hmm. I wonder if she, if she understood the prophecies about her son when she proclaimed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wonder that too. I wonder if she rehearsed this before she said it. Before. <laughs> right, right. He said, I wonder if she rehearsed this before she said it. Earlier when I was thinking about it, I was thinking, like, I wonder if she was looking back at scripture as she wrote it. But I doubt that she would have had the scrolls nearby. So she would have probably had to think about it, you know. I wonder how she sat in the synagogue mm -hmm. how, how, how well she knew uh -huh. the scriptures yeah how well she knew the scriptures and the prophecies of old yeah so we could go on and on and it could be my entire sermon tonight um, because that's how wonderful scripture is that we can enter in together and wonder about it and be amazed and marvel at the words that God has put on our hearts on this teenager's heart Maybe not even a teenager. So here comes my next audience participation. If you happen to be a girl between the ages of 12 and 15, I'd love for you to stand up where you are. You don't have to do anything. But I have a couple in here that I gave a little bit of a, of a warning to. So just take a second and, and look at those beautiful girls. Thanks, y'all. Um, okay, and now Azure Treat for coming tonight. You are going to be privy to see something that really no one in Greensboro has seen. My son hadn't even seen it before tonight. Um, but this is a picture of 12-year-old Melissa. And I'm going to pass this around. Now be gentle. Everest, I'm going to give it to you. Start with you. Does it look like me? Circa. <laughs> uh, circa. Maybe I won't say circa. <laughs> Um, so, when I think about Mary, a lot of times when I think like if we, when we think about the Virgin Mary, we think about the mother 
of our Lord. As the our ancient forefathers said, Theotokos, God-bearer or mother of God, which was tons of controversy about whether or not that was even acceptable to say. And finally, after years and years of debate, they decided it was okay to claim that name for her. She was the mother of God. Um, but I think it's really easy to sometimes think about her as this, um, this woman that's put kind of on a pedestal for us. And we forget that she was a girl. She was just a girl. She would be in our youth group, you know, that age. And yet this nine verse mantra was not some cute dear diary passage. It was prophesying truth about our Savior for years and years and years to come. When we think about the God of the universe choosing a preteen girl to carry his son into the world, to literally be the first deacon for Jesus, to carry the light, to carry the gospel within her very being into the world, that it wasn't someone super powerful and mighty. It wasn't one of the kings of the world. It wasn't a, a high priest even. It was a lowly girl. And I think that what sticks out more to me than anything else from this passage, the Magnificat, is how often Mary says he and him. When you think about teenagers, they get a bad rap for thinking mainly about themselves. And let's face it, not just them, but us as well. Our whole society trains us to constantly look at ourselves, right? I mean, why send a text when you can send a selfie with a snap? Or why send a, why call when you can FaceTime and see your face and see their face? Or my personal favorite, why, um, why not just be real on a daily basis and let yourself be real in the moment, but see your face, of course, with what you're doing. So you're constantly, and we're constantly in our day and age being bombarded with thoughts of ourselves, but yet this sweet girl, Mary, turns to look at God, not at herself, not at how this would ruin her plans or her thoughts or her life or her expectations of what her, her plan was for the rest of her life. It was, okay, I'm not going to look at all these things that are overwhelming me. I'm going to look to him. I'm going to look to my God who has been faithful for thousands of years who will be faithful to me, who will always be faithful for generations to come. She knew the prophecies and she knew it was coming to pass that God would have favor beginning, as she states, by showing her favor and mercy. See, in Mary's Magnificat, we see a microcosm of what Christ will do for the world, for all mankind, actually. He begins by doing what he does for Mary, since from conception, even from the Holy Spirit, he does for us. Now stick with me for a moment, but let's look at this. So she tells us how he looked on the humble estate of her, his servant, just as he looks at us in our humble estate as we seek to serve him. She tells us that he who is mighty did great things for her, just as he does great things for us. Just look at our lives. All the great things he does for us. She proclaims his mercy is for all those who fear him from generation to generation. And as she proclaims it for herself, she's proclaiming it for the world. She showed her strength with his arm. 
He showed her strength with his arm, just as he shows strength to forgive the sin of the world with his great arm of salvation. No one is beyond the reach of his saving embrace. Just as she received his exalting of her humble estate, we get to be exalted with him in glory by his grace alone. And as we hunger after him, he fills us with good things. Just as Mary herself was proclaiming that she had been filled with good things. Literally, even in her womb as she carried the Son of God. And just as she says, he helped his servant Israel in remembrance by his mercy. So we have the extension of that mercy even today. Now, long after being claimed as his offspring. So it may seem like a no-brainer that these proclamations would ring true and it'd be really easy for her to rattle these things off. But here's the thing is that I think we forget how difficult it would have been for her to continue to claim these truths in the midst of what she faced. He looked with her on favor when she probably was being looked at by everyone else with disdain. She believed by faith that she would be called blessed Though she knew she was about to be cursed by everyone around her with speculation and gossip about her being an unwed pregnant girl. She proclaimed his strength, his might, his power when all around politically and economically strength looked as if it only belonged to the Romans, to the educated, to the wealthy, to men, and definitely not to someone in her demographic being a young female poor Jewish girl. In receiving this gift of carrying Jesus into the world, she knew by faith God had literally filled her with good things, with help and with mercy. She knew that he was fulfilling his long-awaited promise to the world, and she was willing to look to him and his plan rather than being stuck focused on her own and how it might change in the midst of her life. Instead of fearing what people would think of her or being angry that her plans had been taken away, she was able to respond with a posture of humility and surrender to his plans. I've thought many times about how on earth Mary would have been able to handle this. How she would have been able to have courage and strength to face this, this task. But the answer is found in her very words. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God. She doesn't say... I magnify the Lord because my circumstances are really easy right now. Or I'm really happy about all that life is throwing at me. No, my soul, this posture of her soul magnifying the Lord and her spirit rejoicing. It's a very different picture than just being super excited about the plans. Um, I think over and over again, we get tripped up by looking at ourselves and thinking about our own plans. And it just is really easy to be distracted by our own selves instead of, like this teenager points us to, to look at the power of his plan and his promise, his faithfulness, his mercy. I want you to think back. Here's the last bit of audience participation, I promise. I want you to think back to a time in your life when you maybe felt un aware of what was to come. The unknown was lying before you and it felt really kind of intimidating or scary. Um, yeah, just kind of something that's ahead that you don't really know, you maybe feel overwhelmed about. Take, take just a second and see if something comes to mind. 
It might take you a minute, um, but for some of you, it might come pretty easily as it does for me. Yesterday, I sat in a room full of many of our recent high school graduates and their families and listened as their parents and siblings spoke words of blessing and truth over them, over their beautiful lives. And one of those people was my, my daughter, IU Five Bucks River. Um, tomorrow, we will move River into college, and we've spent days and weeks preparing. You know, we've had, and really even not just days and weeks, but let's be honest, years, you know, we've been preparing for this our whole life, for this, this momentous day. And we've got all the scores submitted, all the financial aid turned in, all the classes chosen, all the clothes packed, even boxes packed up in the car already. We are completely ready, as ready as can be. And yet, as we look forward to what's ahead, we have no idea what it's actually going to be like. There's no way to know the people she might meet or the professors that she might have. And there's a lot of seasons in our life when we're entering into those stages of, well, I feel like I'm as ready as I can be, but who knows? And the magnitude of that feels really weighty at times, not knowing what's ahead and not knowing how we can respond. But just like Mary did, in those places of feeling overwhelmed or in those places of feeling like you have no idea how to handle it, the good news is that you don't have to handle it. And that's the gift we see with Mary, is that she turned to the only place she could find help. She chose to look at the only one who was able to give her strength to do the unthinkable. He was the only place that she had ability to conquer the task that was given. My prayer is that we would remember that Mary was just a girl who felt probably scared and unsure who maybe didn't feel blessed at the time, but who knew that her God was faithful, who knew that even though she had no idea how she was going to go about the life that she was going to have to live now, that she could trust in a trustworthy God and that his character would not fail. When she felt at a loss for what to do or where to go or what life would be like, she looked to him. She reminded herself of his faithfulness, his character, his provision, his strength, his ability to be God, even though she was just a girl. So as you remember, and as you step into the unknown, into the overwhelming, into the valleys of wherever you might find yourself, my prayer is that we will do the same thing that Mary did, that we will look to who he is, who he has been, who he will be, and that we may allow our souls like Mary's to magnify the Lord, our spirits to rejoice only in God our Savior. Amen.